When I became a foster mom four years ago, I quickly realized there weren't many resources for foster or adoptive parents, much less for the millennial generation. That's where the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast comes in. Welcome to a no-frills look at the journey of foster parenting. It's millennial motherhood with real chats about all things foster care, from navigating home visits, court hearings, bio parents, and quote-unquote, getting to attach. Please join me every week for an honest conversation about foster care and adoption as a millennial mom. Welcome to the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. Welcome back to the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. My name is Brittany and I am a millennial foster and adoptive mom. My husband and I have had 10 kids in our home since we became licensed in 2016 and we have adopted three kids. We currently have four kids under eight and our youngest is four. We have one foster placement right now, but if you'd like to hear more about our story and how we came to foster, please consider listening to episode one titled Our Foster Care Story. So this week, I am excited to welcome Cheyenne to the podcast. Cheyenne is a single foster mom, and she is going to share all about her experience as a single foster parent and how we can break down the stigma that you have to have a partner to foster. I think she'll offer such a unique perspective on this topic, especially for those contemplating foster care, but don't know if they'd be able to foster as a single parent. Welcome to the podcast, Cheyenne. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about you and um, kind of how you came to foster. Yeah, so I'm Cheyenne. Um, I am a single foster parent, currently 29. Mm -hmm. Um, I work at a nonprofit that serves low-income families. I was the director of a nonprofit that served children who had experienced abuse. And then before that, I worked at the local sheriff's office. And so my whole career has been in just child welfare. Mm -hmm. Um, and family success. And so with my first job at the sheriff's office, I was asked to be on the board for the Division of Family and Children's Services. Mm -hmm. And while there, I learned, this was like, gosh, 2014, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So the numbers have changed quite a bit. But at the time, I was told that there was an average of about 14 kids in care in our county at any point in time, and only four four foster families. Um, And then... Right. So it's like, okay, four foster families, 14 kids. Mm -hmm. We automatically know that kids are going to be having to go out of the county, Mm -hmm. out of everything that they know. And so that really is what prompted me to start praying through whether or not I should become a foster parent. Um, I really, I mean, like I liked kids. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like love kids until until I started working at the sheriff's office. And part of my job duty was to interview kids who had experienced abuse. Mm -hmm. And so through that part of my job, I like absolutely fell in love with kids and taking care of them and loving them. I don't know, just being kind to them. And Mm -hmm. so that my heart changed to that. And then I started praying, as I said, um, and then, yeah, God opened the door for me to be able to start fostering a couple of years ago. Wow. So I bet that was really tough though, to hear all of those stories from all those kids that were coming in. And I bet that was hard. Um, it was, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> so who lives in your home right now? So, First, I have I do have a roommate. Her name is Candace, um, and that is super helpful to being a single foster parent. And then in my home right now, I have one eight-year-old girl 
um, who is perfect in every way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Aww. Um, so you are a single foster mom, which mm-hmm. is nothing short of amazing. What are some of the challenges you face as a single foster mom? Um, I think just like any other single parent, um, the logistics are hard of, mm-hmm. of doing the things that need to be done. Um, like it would be really nice to have a partner to be able to help get her ready in the morning and help make her breakfast, um, and help, do, you know, drive her to school and mm-hmm. I have meetings. And so there's things like that, like logistically would just be very helpful. Um, and then second, just emotional support. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say if I didn't have my roommate, that would be much harder. Like she definitely is a huge emotional support to me, mm-hmm. which is great. Like in the middle of the night, um, I've, you know, obviously trauma affects kids sleep. And so I've had a lot yes. of kids who, who don't sleep well. And, um, the little one I have now, her sister was with us for about four and a half months and I didn't sleep for four and a half months. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> they woke up, the little one woke up screaming probably every, every night except for like four or five nights. Oh man. Um, and so it was nice to like just kind of debrief that with my roommate, Candace. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been, I think, very emotionally exhausting to do that every single day without anybody to talk to. Oh, for sure. You definitely have to have a really solid support system mm-hmm. as a foster parent. So mm-hmm. do you feel as though you are treated any differently as a single foster mom versus one with a partner? And what are your ideas on breaking down that stigma? Um, I would say in DFAC's eyes... Um, there is no difference. They have no shame. They will call you for any kid. (laughs) It doesn't make a difference whether or not, um, you're single or married. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, I don't think people do it on purpose. Um, but I do think, I'm trying to think how to word this. I do think sometimes I get treated a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of, I've had some comments made and they're not, they're not, people are not trying to be unkind in any way when they say these things. I think there's just a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding of foster care in general. Mm -hmm. And so people have said to have said things to me like, Oh, like happy mother's day, I guess. Um, (laughs) You know, know, it's not, and it it wasn't in any way to be hurtful or unkind, but because I'm not married, I'm not seen as like a family. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, and then another, another comment was, um, I, my, well, I had one placement who threw up all night long um, oh, goodness. and yeah, she got a stomach bug and I was telling somebody about it and it, it was a close friend of mine. So it wasn't, it's not some stranger off the street who doesn't know me, but it was a close friend. And she was like, Oh wow. It's like, you're like a real mom. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, even if she did throw up all night, I would still be a real mom. Yeah. You know, you're not exempt from all of like you're included in that. Yeah. And I think because maybe I'm not married, I'm not seen in that way. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard for me too, especially when they leave because I go from mom to nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking care of anybody else. So it is sometimes in my own mind, kind of hard to fathom. Yeah. And I, I can completely see that. Um, I know for us too, like at the very beginning, we started fostering in 2016 mm-hmm. and like we were young, we had never had kids before. We don't have biological kids. And okay, um, I think people for a while just thought like we were trying to fill like the child void and, uh. 
you know, and it's not, you don't get into foster care, like hoping to adopt. I mean, sometimes that does happen and it did eventually happen for us, but the whole point of foster care is reunification and building these families back together. Mm -hmm. And so I think some people, they just have this perception of like what they think, like why you you're doing this or, you know, what they think Mm, of, of fostering. So um, so what has been your most rewarding moment as a foster mom? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, probably reunifications have mm-hmm. been my most rewarding moment. Ooh, no. Okay. Yes. Reunification. <laughs> but I just remembered. I just remembered there was my very first placement was mm-hmm. eight year old twins. Wow. Um, yeah, they were, first of all, amazing. And <laughs> They, I developed a really, really good and sweet relationship with their biological parents and they had been with me for maybe like a little less than a month Mm -hmm. and I got, and then it was Mother's Day and I got a text message from their biological mom and she said, happy Mother's Day. Um, Like, thank you so much for taking care of my girls. I know they mean so much. I know that you mean so much to them. Um, Wow. Yeah. Thank you for filling in for me today. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like it kind of gives me goosebumps because <laughs> I mean, like as much as we would love to have that partnership parenting relationship with a lot of these biological parents, sometimes that doesn't happen. And so that's amazing that she embraced that and, you know, celebrated you too in that moment, knowing what a big impact you have on, on her kids. So, um, do you have any resources you would recommend for single foster parents? Um, I don't know if I have any resources specific to single foster parents, but I would say any resource that's available to a foster parent would be beneficial. Um, Mm -hmm. there is, I guess one thing that's specific to single fostering is there's a really big first. No, I don't even have an Instagram, but when I did have an Instagram, (laughs) there was a very big, um, like single foster mom community on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple different people that I followed, um, like I'm trying to think of, and I can tell them to you and you can link them on the thing, but oh yeah, there's a that. couple different single foster moms that I would follow and just be encouraged by all throughout the country who were fostering and adopting. Um, and that was really helpful just to see other people doing it and doing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as resources just for fostering, there are so many good books. Um, obviously anything by Karen Purvis or the connected child, the connected mm-hmm. parent, the body yes. keeps the score, the boy who was raised as a dog. Um, those are all really good books to help you understand trauma, though mm-hmm. experiencing it is nothing like yes. reading about it, <laughs> but it'll give you an idea of what you're going to be getting yourself into. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So is there any advice you would like to share for single foster parents or even those with a partner? Yeah, for, for single foster parents, um, I know one of the myth or misconceptions that I had when I first started praying through it was, um, you know, God designed, I guess, child rearing to be with a husband and a wife. And so I initially thought, well, I would be doing a disservice to a child by bringing them into my home because I'm not married mm-hmm. and they're not going to have that male influence. Um, and so the more I prayed through it, um, the more I realized that, no, there are like the fact that I like am 
um, I guess, a believer and able to share Christ with them and share love with them and be kind to them and be patient with them, partner with their parents to help them to gain their parenting skills or whatever mm-hmm. they need, and then work to reunify this child. That is a good thing, whether or not I'm married. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still good things to be done as a single parent. And so that was really freeing and helpful to me when I started the process. Um, and then as for married couples, um, I would say just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I Um, agree. (laughs) Just jump in. Same as you. I was obviously very young. I had no kids of my own. Um, I didn't even really babysit growing up. Like I really didn't know anything about anything. I just read a lot of books and I had spent a lot of time with the ladies at my church watching how they parented. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of doing that when I started fostering myself. But um, I think the best thing to do before fostering would be to pray, obviously. And then second would be to spend time with current foster parents um, just to kind of see what it's like and to understand trauma before you get yourself into it. Because the worst thing that we can do for a child is is say yes and then say no, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So say yes and then have, you know, disrupt for any sort of reason because mm-hmm. you weren't prepared or you weren't ready or it was harder than you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely doing your research before you jump into it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Obviously, your podcast, and then there's Thank another. <laughs> there's another podcast. I'm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called the Real Mom Podcast. Um, um, and it's from foster, adoptive, biological, birth mothers, all types of women are interviewed from all stages of life. Single foster parents, like adoptive parents. There was like a birth mom who became an adoptive mom. Wow. Um, quite. It's yeah. It's it's pretty incredible. It's from Jamie Finn, who does Foster the Family. Oh, okay. Another, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really, really, really good podcast as well that I okay. like listen to. Well, I'll definitely share that. Thank you for letting me know about that one because I had not heard of it. It is time for Roses and Thorns. So if you are tuning in today for the first time, Roses and Thorns is a time to discuss a high and a low from the week. And I like to start with the thorn. So we end on a good note. So Cheyenne, do you have a thorn for this week? Um, Actually, yeah, about five minutes ago. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Um, We just got some news this last week about um, the little girl who's with me, Mm -hmm. her future. And so I had to tell her about it tonight. Oh, my. Um, Yeah. And it's. It's just bittersweet. There's both good to it and really hard things to it. And Mm -hmm. so we both just cried for a while um, and worked through it. I would would say it was a thorn, but it was also like I I know that good things are also coming from this, that it's not just bad. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Bittersweet is probably the best way I know how to describe foster care. (laughs) So (laughs) So true. So true. Um, Well, my thorn is going to sound really silly compared to yours. um, (laughs) So mine is the full moon because Mm. um, Mm -mm -mm. being a teacher it always affects the kids in my class. So mm. as beautiful as that moon looks and that dark sky, um, I could just do without that <laughs> this week leading up to a three-day weekend. It's just not, there's enough craziness going on. <laughs> so that is my thorn, is the full moon. So do you have a rose for this week? Um, yeah. Yeah. So as I said, with my job, we serve um, just clients who are struggling And so this week specifically, um, one of the ladies that I work with, we've been able to really, really, really support this single dad 
Um, he had no food in his home. His child wasn't enrolled in school, who's five. Um, there was just a lot that was going on in the home that we were able to support him. And yesterday he was like, where did you guys come from? He was like, are you angels? Aww. Because <laughs> we came in. But he's also fresh. He's like really tired of seeing us because he also was like, don't you guys have any other clients? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet though. Yeah, it, it has been really sweet to get to work with him. And that must be very rewarding too on your end, like just to see, you know, the good you're putting out there, especially during such a crazy time in the world. I think that's what we all need is yeah. just to see the good in the world. Yeah. So, um, well, once again, you blew it out of the park. So my rose for this week is going to sound really silly compared to yours. So, <laughs> um, so as the listeners know, I live in Georgia, we live in Georgia and, um, my rose for this week was to decorate for fall, even though it's still like 90 degrees out here most days, <laughs> I decorated for fall last weekend which only consists of like a fall wreath on the front door and some pumpkins scattered around the house and some candles, but it brings me joy. And so I'm counting down the days until it's, you know, socially acceptable to decorate for Halloween because <laughs> we kind of go all out for that one. So the pregame is kind of fall decorating. So, but it, it makes me happy. So <laughs> I love it. That's my right here for it. <laughs> so Cheyenne, please share where the listeners can find you online. If you don't mind. Yeah, I don't really spend a lot of time on social media. Um, so I don't have an Instagram. I do have a Facebook and it's just Cheyenne Thornton. Um, okay. They're welcome to look me up. I post stuff, mostly just my little one all the time, obviously with her face covered. <laughs> right. Face, but, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And yeah. So, okay. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today, Cheyenne. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your experience as a single foster parent. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, it's good talking to you. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So that is going to wrap up this episode of the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. The Millennial Foster Mom Podcast can be found on almost any podcast listening app. If you listen through Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate if you would leave a positive review. I am up to nine reviews so far. With more reviews and downloads, the podcast will show up in more searches and can reach more foster and adoptive moms. If you could please leave a review or a rating, I would so appreciate it. And a huge thank you to everyone who has already taken the time to leave a rating and review. The Millennial Foster Mom Podcast is created using an app called Anchor. I hope this episode helped you to learn a little bit more about life as a single foster parent. I know I sure learned a lot and it was eye-opening to hear about Cheyenne's experience. If you would like to add to anything we've mentioned today, reach out and I'll share it with the listeners. Or if you have any questions for Cheyenne, feel free to send them to me and I'll get them to her. If you would like to connect, you can find me on the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast Instagram page, or you can email me at themillennialfostermompodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And remember, motherhood is hard no matter how you get there. But together, we've got this, mamas. Talk to you next week. Thank you.